This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And we're now well into our second, no, our third year of podcasting. And today we are back, just the three of us. And we've decided to talk about something which is hotting up and has been hotting up for the last couple of years, uh, which is the property market in general. And how on earth do we operate in a market where where the property prices just keep going up and up and up and up and up and um and i think yeah we've seen the the highest um average house prices ever on record um but what is going on so how how do you deal with a market like this joe okay well the nice informative or relevant yeah okay okay yep those caveats are always helpful when you ask a direct question that means I have to provide information yeah um so okay first things first when it comes to looking at what you've already got it's like leverage that growth bitches because if you've seen growth on the back of a capital wave and you you're in a position where you can refinance and sort of pull some money out do so because that means you've got some extra seed capital to crack on that's certainly what I'm doing at the moment I've got four refinances going through at the moment and then what are the other things? So buying, actually buying in this market is tricky because where demand is on, where sort of like people are shopping on the gallop at the moment, you just feel like your competition is so much higher. So that means you're having to go in with an edge and your edge, if your competition is domestic, your edge is speed. So that's where, you know, you're having conversations with the estate agents or whoever you're sourcing property through saying, I can move faster than the average purchaser. That's one thing. Um, the other thing is going and asking and look at how you can force the capital appreciation through planning gains or however, uh, maybe a, a certain strategy, which means you'll get a commercial exit in some way that will allow you to pull more money out. Um, so going in and asking doesn't matter because you're going to get those lovely gains anyway for your exit. Or there's always in any market, whether it's on the gallop or not, and this is where it comes down to who you know, who's going to be motivated and is going to go below market. You know, and that is where you have to make sure you are fully immersed in an area. You've got all the right contacts, whether it's a sourcing agent, letting agent who knows a tired landlord who's just looking to shift stuff um, and, you know, motivated sellers the way we tend to find them, you know, ad hoc through conversation all the rest of it, which, which still comes down to the old principle to put yourself out there, getting visible and having conversations. Um, so those are the things. I mean, it doesn't stop you. You know, there's nothing wrong with a galloping market, but I think you do have to play a slightly different game of property chess. That's how I see it. You have to use different skill sets and different bartering tools. But yeah. And thank you for listening. We have been Property Jam. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a long answer, but I, I feel like I covered all of my informative bases. You did. You covered far too many of the informative bases, I'd say. Niall, have you got anything to add? Well, I, I think I think I, I agree with everything that Joe has said as, you do. as a starting point. Just to Ooh. throw that out there. Okay. But I think as well that we, as we've always been taught, any time is a good time to be investing in property, no matter what the market is doing. If you're um, as long as you're focusing on the right strategy. So as property prices are going up, it's more difficult to find the deals that stack. But that doesn't mean that you can't diversify slightly and maybe start doing some flips or doing some capital projects. 
that you can turn around quite quickly. So buying distressed properties, turning two beds into three beds, doing extensions and loft conversions and all that type of thing um, to, to really benefit from the capital uplift in those properties in a really short period of time. Um, so it's still, as Joe has said, making the connections, having the right people on the ground, having those um, reliable forces, if you like, that you can uh, get to quite quickly because these need to be quick projects. Um, then you can still benefit from the capital uplift and then you've got a cash lump sum to be able to use for, for um, cash flowing projects. And do you think the, the, you know, with a market that's constantly going up really quite quickly, um, do you think that it's uh, you know, something you know, I hear people start to say, oh, the market's overinflated. We're going to see the bubble burst. It's going to, now's not a good time to be investing because um, we're going to see, um, you're going to see a market correction. Any of that? Have you, have you heard any of that, um, that talk? Yep. But we've been hearing that since the beginning of time, like since the beginning of lockdown. And it's like, I don't know. Well, first of all, the first theory was that it was all going to drop and the market was going to crash because COVID was going to fuck everything up. And then there was the, yeah. the other school of thought. It's like when the market, when lockdown eased and everyone was out there moving, that the opposite was going to happen, that this bubble was going to burst. And quite frankly, it's like Brexit. Nothing's happened. Like nothing has, nothing has actually happened. And I just feel we are at a stage where the property market's going up, but I don't think it's going to come crashing down. Because there's nothing in the background that's going to suggest it will. What I feel like it might do is peter out. It might slow down a wee bit, but I, don't, I think it's going to plateau. I don't think it's just going to suddenly go crashing down and like all of these investments that are happening now are suddenly going to just drop through the floor and all the equity is going to fall out your houses. I don't think that's going to happen unless there is some major external factor, economic factor, that causes that. Because the property crash of 2008 happened on the back of the credit crunch. You know, and we haven't got that precedent to say nothing's happened. The banking world hasn't collapsed. Therefore, the property market hasn't collapsed. So what would trigger that is my question when the, the housing need is so great. Uh, another credit crunch, probably. Potentially. And if that's the case, then fine. But again, when you're buying property, you never look at it from one angle. And this is what I think makes someone in this game professional and sets everyone apart from the amateurs just doing this on, as like a side hustle or whatever. Okay, let's just say all the equity drops out of your house tomorrow because it's property crash. You've already thought ahead of time what you could pivot to as an alternative strategy. If it's not going to work from the capital side, how is it going to work from the income side? And on the income side, how many strategies in that area or with that type of property can you pivot to? And I think if you've already mapped that through in your head strategically so that you are covered from the point of, 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 of acquisition, you're safe. You can flex. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it, it does come down to that flexing of, of the market. And actually, all the signs say are pointing to the fact that property prices are still to go up um, from all the research we've done. It's, uh, you know, we're way below the moving average. So it's got to keep going up. As you say, it might have a little wobble, but on the way, but it's just going to go up. So, yeah, now is a, is a really good time to buy if you can get Great a deal. Time. But also, it's a great time to repurpose what you've got or leverage what mm. you've got. I think a lot of this is a lovely time to take stock of your existing stock. Growth. Yeah, your stock. Yeah, take, take stock, stock of your stock. stock. <laughs> There's the episode yeah. title. Take stock of your stock. Yeah. But like, if you take stock of your stock and you think, right, there's been significant growth across the portfolio, don't just leverage that. Mm. Crystallize that. Make that, realize it. You know, and if you don't then buy until the market slows down, that's okay. 
yeah i think it's i think people see a lot of well i see a lot of frustration out there in the marketplace at the moment because there's not a lot of stock on in fact i was chatting to an agent um, a commercial agent last week who was saying you know, he's chatting to um to people who were to owners of properties who are like who are mulling about mulling over selling and going well do i need to sell do i not need to sell and they're like no one's really motivated to sell and you know you get really good deals on you know, if you're looking for well, a great deal you look for a motivated seller don't you and if no one's motivated to sell then there's no great deals to be done but then as Niall says it's about the strategy that you employ and you know if you're trying to work in if you're looking to work in this marketplace you know, do you need every deal to be a great deal or is it actually okay if every deal is an okay deal and then later it becomes a great deal yeah I agree it's, it's a long-term game we're playing here it's not a get rich quick scheme is not something that's gonna, um, what? gonna... <laughs> hang on what hang on a minute i'm oh, sorry has no one ever told you that before <laughs> when i looked at property on youtube it said i'd be a millionaire overnight why has that not happened <laughs> oh yeah we got we got a few million pound worth of property but you know yeah. where's show me the money now where's the money yeah where's the money nile where did you hide my it? bank account yeah, exactly, little squirrel. <laughs> I've squirreled it all away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've all been doing this now for, what, six years, seven years, whatever it is. Um, and at every point that the market has been in within that six or seven years, there have always been people said, oh, now is not a really good time to invest because it's doing this or because this might happen or something might happen. If it's not interest rates, it's Brexit. If it's not Brexit, it's COVID. If it's not COVID, it'll be something else. So you know, if you're waiting for that perfect opportunity and that perfect moment to to, to invest, then you're never going to do anything. Yeah. So what about all those people who want to invest but can't find anything? What would you say to someone like that? Keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Keep looking. Like, I, I, if you're if you're struggling to find stuff, and we have struggled to find stuff as well. But there was, but then all of a sudden, this really good deal came out of nowhere, about, and we were ready to jump on it straight away. So if you've got all your ducks in a row and you're ready to jump on that deal when it comes up, because they they will still come up. They might not be as frequent as they were before, um, but you just got to be ready. You got to be in a position to just move quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like that that little buy slit I'm buying in Grimsby at the moment. That that came about incidentally, and the only reason. I got that house was because um, of my status as a property investor, because I, there were about, I think it was four or five other people who went in at asking and then one person went in a thousand pound over asking, but they weren't solid buyers. Ooh, and it yeah. was actually my sort of position as a, as a, as an investor that meant I wasn't in a chain that I was, it wasn't going to fall through. I had the funds in place that meant I got the deal but I had to go in at asking still it wasn't like I was able to go below market value I didn't have that much leverage but the, these deals still come to you and in a normal market or what I would call a more even market where it's not a buyer's where it's where it's like less of a seller's market I would I would go in under well under and do the whole traditional you know work backwards from from everything all your costs and then go in at a cheeky it, to, to be fair I don't think that really holds anymore i think you just go in and you get the, get the, the deal from the game you get the deal knowing that long term like niall says it's got potential mm. and and this is another thing as well tell me if you agree with this in a market like this 
uh, I was having a conversation with an investor the other day, mutual friend actually, and he said he's quite happy to just buy park money at the moment. Okay. With the, with the view that the market's going to just probably either peter out, drop, whatever. Then he's just enjoying sitting tenants in an HMO that's up and running so he can get cash flow instantly. He's parked a long-term investor's money. who's happy to just let it sit there for a few years. And he's just enjoying the cash flow from day one, not even making the most of capital value. He's just going to do improvement works whenever. And he's just like, yeah, that, that's working for me right now because I'm sick of just having to fight to get property. I just want to go in quick, get something, cash flow from day one. He's not even, he's just not even making the most of the capital. He's just income. That's it. You can buy, buy it now and then make the most of it later. That's it. Um, that's what you're doing. And it's get, getting into the market and holding, I think, is actually quite a good good strategy yeah if you've got a spare 200 grand maybe go and buy you know just put deposits down on stuff you know and and yeah. don't worry about the works because now's a really bad time to do works but that's another thing he was going on about the cost material because he's in the trade himself yeah. um and he was just like yeah no the cost of me doing the works at the moment so he's parked about 80 grand just buying it all in mm -hmm. sitting tenants I think there's seven of them just it's cash flowed about two grand a month <clears throat> He's like, yes, yeah, what I need at the moment. So he's like, anything I'm going to do later on, I'm going to do later on and I'll figure it out then because it's got the yeah. potential to do so. Because it is a bit, you know, it's not. She's audio. looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Oh, hello. Professional podcasters. That was my lunch. <laughs> Your lunch. I did that with a, with a flask on the last episode. I literally just knocked it against the table and I was talking and hope no one noticed. <laughs> 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 probably would be glad of the interruption if I was talking. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah no, the, the, the idea of kind of maximising what you've got um, is, is really important um, to realise, but also diversify as well in a market like this. If you can't get your money working in property, then where else can you, can you get your money working? And yeah, it's something that we've started looking at in, in um, you know, how you have leverage cryptocurrency in a positive way without taking too much of a risk, um, which is really interesting to be learning about that. And uh, we've got some money now in crypto, um, okay. which, is doing, which is doing well. And also putting uh, money in, in shares and diversifying into different companies. So we've recently made an investment into a, into a startup company, um, taking advantage of grants and tax tax relief that's possible as well. So um, where, there's, um, where, where it seems there's not as much opportunity and you've got cash sitting around, you're going, okay, well, wh where else can I put it um, without jeopardizing my ability to jump on a project, but also maybe taking advantage of a property market. So we invested into a property startup. Um, and so we're bet still betting on the property market, um, just in a slightly different way. Okay, nice. Which is really quite cool. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's quite a nice idea, actually. That kind of links back to the previous point. You just put in your, you're putting your money into something that you know is just exponentially growing at the moment and you're just yeah. jumping in while the market's hot and it's like if it's cash flowing and it's generating what it needs to and the market's already going up you don't have to do anything other than that yeah. <laughs> it's doing it for you yeah and we what we've seen it as well because you mentioned bristol in a previous episode yeah. um, as being as being soaring you know we're in the northwest and you know, th those are just going up and up and up. And you know, in the six years we've been investing, you know, we've quite more often than not, we've been always a little bit disappointed with the valuation. 
every valuation that's been coming in, we've been shouting and screaming, we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, they they agreed with what we what we asked for. Mm-hmm. You know, did we go too low? <laughs> you know, yeah. Because because we're used to being downvalued because we go high and then let the valuer do their thing and we provide evidence to, to where we can. But yeah, I've I've come never experienced a market where we where we get it, we go in and we get what we ask for that are very, very close to it. Um, so it's actually been a, a really great year for that, releasing equity, paying off investors, doing and, and giving yourself some, you know, deleveraging, which is which is which is great to a certain degree, and and leveraging, in in, in other you're ways. Leveraging to deleverage, in you're leveraging one way to deleverage in another. Yeah, it's the private investment yeah. side that the equity pays off, which is really nice. So yeah, it's great. So you can pay off the partners and yeah. and, uh, and then and get a little bit more cash flow, but also in the same in the same breath, you're. And I, I keep having to explain this to um, you know, a few people around me about your property price goes up, you get more money in your pocket and you're worth more. No one's losing in that situation. I know. It's like you actually own more of the property by getting the revaluation and by getting money back in your pocket. Yeah. What now? If someone's listening to this and that is, that is confusing them, you know, send, us a me- send me a message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a chat. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's... it's... It's, it's, it's counterintuitive and I think it's the thing that always you know scuppers the the person who's coming into this sort of fairly new you know there's this just this sort of buy and hold attitude you know but no leverage 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 just keep going um yeah that's no, good it's, I think it's a great market to be in um lovely. just get the deals just get the deals and, and, and be be less precious okay. yeah getting getting the deals I think is 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 is, is paramount obviously and I think um what I'm starting to do now is just get out on the ground more often. Um, so I'm going out on a weekly basis now with our sourcing manager just to, you know, just to see what's there and just to keep those relationships with the agents um, so that when stuff does come up that does work for us, that they're coming to us first, not going to somebody else. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think, I think you have to realize that there is probably, you know, the whole throw enough mud at a wall, it will stick. I don't think that's the kind of market where this really works. I think it's much more about being super selective and really drawing on what networks and what contacts you've created to find the niche deals as opposed to just doing a blanket. Yeah, that scattergun. Yeah, that all of that had lovely hand gesturing that Matt's doing. Like, it just you. doesn't be more targeted. Yeah you know, and stick your fingers up at the deals that you don't want. Is that what the, the, the middle figures were about? I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. But yeah, I do. I think it's about really... I Now, the counter argument to that is, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be a newbie coming into this market, I don't think. Well, okay. So let's do a hypothetical then. Let's say you're a newbie in this market what would you be seeing and and say you're seeing a market which is going up you can't do what things that you've done in the last that we've done in the last five or six years because um you know getting things below market value through agents and the traditional channels this is not happening you're having to pay asking or over um i suppose uh, is there a level of comfort knowing that you're in a bull market where the market's going up so you're buying something and then yeah is there a level of comfort there no, because w- w- the only reason we enjoy that level of comfort is because we've got experience. You know, we talked about this on a previous mm. uh, previous episode where we've kind of had enough of experience over six years-ish where we've sort of just relaxed into 
that whole process from start to finish. But imagine if you're for the very first time buying a house, going through the purchasing process, the negotiating process, the finding the power team, sourcing the materials, making the deal stack, running the numbers right through to valuation in a market where competition is so fraught um, with no credibility because you've got no experience mm. behind you to, to kind of really throw that weight at it. Um, and just the, the usual anxiety and nerves that go with just hitting this market or investing for the first time. I, I think I'd struggle. I think I would have done. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I do agree with it to a certain extent. But I think if you're starting off as a newbie, no matter what state the market is in, um, if you're working with and have a mentor or a tutor that can guide you through all of that process, then they can help you with all of that. So you've got someone to to fall back on to to help you when you when you're not sure what the hell you're doing and i think it's it doesn't matter what state the market's in at that point because you've oh, never been in it anyway i hundred agree with you but I'm, I'm talking about you know the you know the classic that we see where like they've done their own house renovation and now they think they know everything and they're just wandering into the market for the first time doing a vanilla buy to let and that's probably sort of further afield because their mate told them that Manchester's hot, right? That That's the kind of newbie I'm talking about who hadn't really realised the need to have somebody almost chaperone them regardless of the property weather. They're just mm. going in with their umbrella, hoping for the best. And I think for me, that is, it's a much more nerve wracking market because I think the risk of, of loss is so much greater financially i mean and also confidence those two why are- is the, why is the risk of loss greater in this market than a different market because from for a newbie mm-hmm. i think what they will un- they will do underestimations so that let's just yeah. say they go in and ask him and they think right i'm going to do this renovation building materials um, because they probably haven't got an established team or the right connections <laughs> in place going to cost more than perhaps they they budgeted yeah. for they're going to go over budget um, the project's going to take longer, so the finance costs are going to be running, and then they're going to exit on a valuation that may not recover those extensive costs from 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 co- from purchase and and refurb, and then they're going to lose faith in the whole process, and then moan to everybody that property's like dead. It's an, it's a dying industry. You can't do it anymore, and moan. Um, yeah, I just feel like they. That's... What, what if what if the market and just on the on the flip side of that, what if they do that? And they go a budget and because they're in this bullish market and they've ch- and they've bought something which we would have thought was quite expensive but they spent quite a bit of money on it but the market forgives them because they and, and they suddenly and they suddenly think yes they can do this um because they're acting in this market i, I also think there's this, the other side of it which is gives them a false sense of security true yeah and that's that's quite risky as in and of itself because hey. you know in the market Ooh, I, haven't heard that hey. for a while. <laughs> I know it's been a while um in fact, in fact matt left me a voice note yesterday that actually referenced that and i thought i'd bring it back bring it back to life nice, nice. um all your fault, <laughs> uh, because i think yeah when the market does change um and yeah you, you, and this like this negative equity thing is always that that risk you know with the amateur investor then yeah that's going to be a bit of a, a shock to the system but there's also something to be said of like, okay, so you know, you watch Grand Designs, okay? And you know, when like the, but the couple that, that, who just, you know, started off with a 100K budget, by the end of it, they spent 300,000. You ain't recovering that in any market. I'm sorry, but well, like, that's is, what happens. Yeah, because I think that's my argument to what you were saying, Joe, because I think if, even, even in um, a market that's a bit more stable than where we are right now, if you buy the wrong property, 
uh, for the wrong price at the wrong time or in the wrong area, you're you're up shit's creek anyway. So exactly. it doesn't really matter whether it's uh, due to the cost of materials. It could be just due to your uh, lack of knowledge. And, but lack of budgeting knowledge and lack of experience and all of those things, yeah. yeah and right. I just think at the moment, there's just it's higher risk of that. I just think it's more pronounced right now than it would be in a normal market. You're right. That's what I think. Just slightly. I mean, I think you know you might have a forgiving valuation that allows you to recoup some of your or a lot of your costs. But I think, yeah, I I I don't know. I just think I would mm. much prefer <laughs> to to punt in a market where building materials don't cost so much and I can get below market value. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I'm playing devil's advocate there, but um, you're right. High purchase price, high bill costs uh, in a in a market which is going up um, is a very, it's, it's a very treacherous place to be, but I think it's actually, a, I, as, as, as we discussed, I think it's quite a nice place to be. Um, for, for for us and doing these types of projects and just um, making sure that we also don't over under egg the cost of the materials which um, change on a daily basis yeah I'm costing up a project at the moment and it's like it's different I'm not enjoying it it's pricey <laughs> it is pricey right now but then look at the GDVs on the other side like what, what are you going to refinance onto yeah, good question, actually, because I actually don't fucking know, because at the no, moment, I don't, know, I don't know what it's going to be. So that's that's the difficulty. Um, it depends what my ex is. But the nice thing is, I, and this goes back to what you were saying, Matt, mm. the lovely thing about the market at the moment is there are so many buoyant strategies out there. So you do have you can flex your exit almost, you know, if it's not this, I could exit on that and that will change your valuation slightly and maybe the lender that you go with so that's really nice that's it's, that's a lovely position to be in actually it's quite it's a, quite a nice market in that regards because um property prices are going up but there's so much money out there trying to get out that actually it's it's getting cheaper to borrow and there's lots more opportunities to borrow money at, at lesser rates so actually um there are yeah there because the banks are trying to find the people that are trying to find the deals well there are so not trying but the people that do find the deals um, so when they do, they're kind of rewarding them and saying, go and do more of that. You know, we can, yeah, we'll cut the rates. We'll cut, we need to just get, get this money out and working. Yeah, but again, this is where it will scupper the newbie who's brand new to it because they're not going to get those favourable rates of investment or borrowing because they're new. So, you know, you're suddenly yeah. penalised at like a 5% interest rate on a buy select when if you've been doing this for a while, you've got some credibility behind you, you've got rent rolls that kind of show you're an established investor, you're going to be getting the really, you know, the one to, 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 to three, you know, and that's, that's, that's sexy, you know. So the moral um, of the story is um, start two years ago. If you haven't started two years ago, start <laughs> last year. If you didn't start last year, start now. Start now. We'll start now, but with the right advice around you. I think that goes back to what Nile was saying. It's like in a market like this, just get some advice and guidance mm. yeah. definitely definitely yeah cool well that was very informative and educational yeah, it was wasn't it that's probably the most informative we've been as a collective for a very long time <laughs> surprisingly i enjoyed that same did you yeah i enjoyed the informativeness <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a change less um and less preparation actually required for that Sometimes more, sometimes more preparation is required for being off the cuff than for being informative. Yeah, it's so true, actually. True. <laughs> but but I, guess the, I guess the benefit of us chatting about it here today, we're all in the middle of it right now, so we're yeah. all feeling the pain and the, the stresses that go with investing right now. Yeah, we're now. feeling the 
the pain and the game. Like and the pain and the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's forget the game. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. It's a funny old space, but I, I kind of like it. I've never been in a market like this before. It's That's, new. I, yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm kind of like waiting and waiting and waiting until we get the next drop. But it's going to be a long, a long time away, I think. So yeah. until there's a, a big, a massive, massive drop. Um, but I'm looking forward to that one as well. So yeah. enjoying being in every marketplace. And I think that's a, maybe a nice point to finish on is that whenever you're working in the property industry, you should find a way to enjoy it. Uh, not be frustrated and just go with the flow mm. i think yeah. and that's yeah. probably um you know, the, the best way of putting it because it is going to be what it is going to be and, and there's nothing you can do about it no nope. apart from flex with the market yeah 100%. cool so on that note shall we say goodbye yeah yeah well that'd be a goodbye for me it's a goodbye for me it's a goodbye for me too jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.